Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we're closing out our double feature of Titles of Terror with Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Gotta be one of the best titles ever made, right? Yeah, so good. (laughs) The poster could be black with just those words in a cool font, and I'm buying a ticket. I don't need to see a goddamn thing. On the plus side, though, it's got an incredibly weird poster that's just like, I have to see this fucking movie. There's something, there's like a skeleton coming out of the water trying to attack a woman who's trying to stab it with a pole. Like, hell yeah, I'm seeing this. Uh, A little bait and switchy, uh, giving some fishing terms, but but yeah, it is the maybe most compelling title of all time. Hell yeah. Because it tells you nothing, but it sets you up for everything. And is surprisingly a good pair. Like, we really only paired these based on, like, a small memory we had of this movie and just the fact that they both had great titles. But holy shit, do make a great double bill, even if you watch them both in the same night. Yeah, because there's a lot of question we're playing in the realm of, are there ghosts? Is there supernatural stuff happening? Yeah. Uh, we really like graveyards. Love a graveyard. <laughs> you're getting you're getting a little ahead of yourself. I think we're all like you're we're inadvertently into the three good things. So let's just go ahead and say right now, number one, graveyard. Two graveyards. We got a graveyard that they visit on the way to their new house in Connecticut, and they got a fucking graveyard on the property. Yeah, your their house goes from orchard to graveyard, and you're just like, yeah. 
yeah, cool. I accept. Love I it. would like to live here. Life to death almost, Kim. Uh, those apples <laughs> are poison, though, so don't eat them. Uh, yeah, the whole time I was like, is that a metaphor? A poison apple? Is this a Snow You're White thing? You're taking notes? Yeah. <laughs> like, poison what? apple, question mark. What does it mean? Uh, and, and I'm going to tag on to this point, the graveyard etchings. Hell yeah. Uh, that's just a good was... thing in its own. Yeah. <laughs> I think this was the first time that we uh, realized that graveyard etchings were maybe a thing that you could do as a hobby. We're like, are we we're allowed to do? We're gonna. Do, we, we should start. This? We just have not worked up the nerve to do it. I think if you only aim for tombstones that are like two hundred years old, we you're had good. these grand ideas of we were gonna get a graveyard etching from every single like place we visited. You know, in the RV, rather than getting like a postcard, um, we bring a tombstone home with us, basically. Yeah, and then we were like, okay, well, what if we just get patches? That's that's much more easy we can just stop at roadside attractions you don't offend anyone's family but then we realized that every time we drive through anywhere we are always in a fucking rush to get to a film festival so we never end up stopping anywhere except for burkittsville and salem and sleepy hollow (laughs) the the tombstoniest towns there are in america i don't know why we didn't get a graveyard etching in burkittsville that was a big mistake we didn't have the kit and we also met a very nice man who said please don't even take photos of the tombstones (laughs) so we respected that's true and he did talk to us for like an hour and a half so what a nice man. um I, it was probably just to deter us from doing anything dumb he might have been a ghost he's like good they thing. like me now they can't steal a flower <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a good move uh good thing number two like some of our favorite ghosts in horror this one's wet dead and full of secrets that's my favorite thing. <laughs> right? What's our number three? What was that even from? That was an episode title from our early podcast days, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that was The Ring and What Lies Beneath. Oh, man. What a great fucking episode title. I have to say, What Lies Beneath would also be a great fucking pairing with this movie. Same with Carnival of Souls, another wet, dead, and full of secrets <laughs> movie. The whole time, I was like, God damn, we should triple build this with Carnival of Souls and just talk about it again. <laughs> but you're always just, but it's, it's so weird because you're just like, why are husbands always suspicious? And then there's like a third female ghost getting in, in <laughs> like infiltrating into their relationship. Yeah, it's a love triangle with the afterlife. You can't even keep your marriage together when there's a dead woman trying to get in it. (laughs) It's doomed. (laughs) (laughs) What if an alive woman tried? (laughs) What's number three? What's our good thing number three? This is definitely a psychological slow burn, Hell which yeah. for some people you're like, oh, that's not really for me. But I will say a lot of psychological slow burns, especially in the 70s, they they really languish and they're really slow and sometimes they don't pay off. Mm. And I will say, let's scare Jessica to death. Is, does not lean too far into ambiguity. It's got those elements. It's got that psychological play, but it definitely serves on giving you like a resolute scare. Yeah, and I, th- I think it, it has enough tension and, and creepiness scat like sprinkled throughout it, you don't have to wait an hour for things to start getting weird mm-hmm. like kind of weird from the get-go and, and it's very mysterious and very compelling like the mystery you want to solve it and you you're only given these snippets and these tidbits so it could really be anything but you know something is wrong and, yeah. and it's not like is something wrong or isn't something wrong something is wrong <laughs> So those are our three good things, three reasons why we think you should check this movie out if it's been a little while. It's been 10 years for us. We kind of both forgot everything about this movie before sitting down to watch it. Uh, And we're going to play a little trailer to refresh you before we come back and get into full spoilers. I'm calling on all the spirits of everyone who's ever died in this house. Jessica. I'm calling on all the spirits of everyone who's ever died in this house. 
Let's Scare Jessica to Death is currently sitting at a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, a shocking 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Can we, now we we don't usually do this, can I needle through some of these Rotten Tomatoes reviews and see what the fuck happens? Yeah, I would like to hear some of these. I always thought this movie was really well respected and, and beloved, and it wasn't until I was looking up just before we started recording that it's kind of gotten a cult status, like it's been one of those like slow burn into respect movies which is a total surprise for me as somebody who didn't exist in the 70s. Yeah, so uh, this review here from Variety, sorry, from Time Magazine from 1971, Rotten, uh, Chicago Daily Herald liked it. Obviously, any new outlet that I'm seeing that's popped up in the last, say, 15, 20 years. Do you have a quote years. from... Oh, I mean, sure, like, just, just going off Time Magazine. With the exception of Zora Lampert's subtle and knowledgeable performance, no one in the cast has enough substance to eat to be considered human. Humanoid. Ooh. The title of the review is Cinema: Colon Batgirl. 
Ever since Bella Lugosi went a bat t- uh, in Dracula, the vampire has been a favorite of American horror movie cultists. Spoiler. Yada, 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 right? How do you just Fuck bring that you. out in the title? <laughs> I almost wanted to make that one of our three good things, that the central antagonist of the movie is a ghost, but also maybe a fucking vampire? Yeah, I love how, that. How often do you get vampire ghosts? Yeah, vampire maybe. You maybe. never get a maybe vampire. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe a ghost is the thing, right? Yeah, maybe like, it's mental illness. There's maybe a hundred years old. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> There's a lot of maybes in this movie. And, you know, similar to, say something like The Night House, um, or really just sort of like pluck any horror movie from the trees of the last two years, uh, it might Burn. just be mental illness. <laughs> That's the. That's definitely where I think it's gotten maybe more of a modern appreciation. Is that literally what elevated horror is like? It, it is could be now. horror, but it's just mental illness. Well, it's a drama, but we've got the horror of mental illness sprinkled on top. Bam! You've got a horror movie. Hello, eight twenty four and IFC midnight. How are you doing? <laughs> we do like your movies, though. Yeah, I mean, but I just you know we insult because we care. Let's scare Jessica to death. I think, unlike so many other mental illness movies has an inner monologue that is you know insightful for the character but also kind of chilling it's, yeah. It really makes Jessica like such an isolated person. She's got this smile on all of the time, but even when she's smiling, staring directly at the camera, her inner monologue voiced over in the movie is like, don't let them know that you're scared. They'll never believe you. You're like, oh, fuck, this looks awful. Yeah, she's constantly like antagonizing herself. And it really, this is so nailed in uh, Zora Lampert's performance as Jessica because she is on the whole movie Mm -hmm. not only is she smiley and bubbly but you can feel that it's it's effort she's able to Mm. embody that it's a very purposeful smile and her posture is very like haunched and weird like especially when she's running in that swimsuit and you can see that she she could be a tall woman but (laughs) she carries herself small well yeah she knows that uh like the actress knows that this character Uh, exists inside of herself but she's trying to portray a different person Mm -hmm. because everybody's got their fucking eyes on her and like she's she's well now the whole idea is that she has gone through therapy I don't know if medication's really a thing that's happening here but no she was institutionalized and then this is kind of the result of that 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 institutional institutionalization is that her husband was a bass player do you call it a bass player it's a stand it's a stand-up Base, I uh, think. Was, oh fuck! Is it a? Is it a? He plays it with a bow, though. Is it a? He was a bass player for the <laughs> Philharmonic Orchestra, or whatever. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he, um, they left New York City proper, like they were living in Manhattan, and bought this country house, and they're gonna raise an orchard and uh, be country folk because it'll be easier on her mental health. Yeah, I guess they figured that the, uh, you know, the busy pace of New York was too much for it. Was just too much chaos, and mm-hmm. that she just needs some peace and quiet. But she's put in such a fragile position because you know that she is one constantly trying to prove that this is good for her mm-hmm. and that she's not going to relapse again because she and is pretty sure and it turns out to be true that her husband is on his last straw. Yeah. He did not sign up for her mental health issues and, and he is not having it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird that... Uh, that the he fact- tried. 
but he is at he is at his end. Yeah, I, I'll say like her performance to, to to give like a modern equivalent is it's like the entire movie is the end credits of Pearl. Like that weird smile that Pearl is giving that Mia Goth is is delivering directly into the camera where she's just she's just trying to be normal and happy and provide like a regular life like you expect, but also I'm crazy inside. <laughs> like that's the whole movie for Jessica. Yeah, even just watching it with her monologue is creepy enough on its own because living through her anxiety is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it in her eyes. Like no, at every turn, you can see that there is just like this awful struggle going on. And, uh, and she can't necessarily like talk to anybody about it because she's concerned that they'll immediately just put her back in the institution. There is a great moment at the beginning where she thinks she sees somebody at the graveyard where she's doing her etchings. And when she looks back, that person's gone. Given her past, she kind of just tries to shrug it off. Like, maybe there was somebody there. Maybe I'm seeing something. Let's not address it. Let's just not think about it. And when they get to the house, which is really secluded, they got to take a ferry to get over to the property. There's nobody around. There's somebody stand like on the porch and who suddenly also disappears. But when they get inside... Everybody else also sees like a shadow move in the darkness. So it's like there's this great moment. Oh, that's the best part of the whole fucking movie. It's so great that when they reveal that they've also seen something in the house, like there's an intruder, as everybody believes. She she in those scenes, while her husband and their friend Woody are hunting through the house to find out who they saw, she's just beaming in the background because she's just so fucking happy that she's been validated and that she wasn't hallucinating. Yeah. So it's just like, thank God there's an intruder in our house. Yeah, like the whole idea, it's like, I think I saw something. Oh, I saw it too. Oh, good. <laughs> like she's very stoked on the idea that it was actually a thing and that no one thinks she's crazy. Yeah, and you can almost see her high on those endorphins. Yeah. Yeah. Through that whole scene, like there is this like physiological happiness that she's experiencing, knowing that like, oh, my God, I'm doing OK. Yeah. And so much so that I think that feeling that she's in that weird bliss uh-huh. of being validated is why she invites Emily, who happens to be the squatter that they saw. Uh, why she invites her to stay. Definitely. Because she's just feeling so validated and so warm and fuzzy that she's just like, stay for dinner! I'm healthy! Yeah, there's <laughs> no reason they should let her stay. It's just a it's just a person who's been squatting in a house that they thought was abandoned. Like, she could knife you in your sleep! I, that was my first thought! Yeah. Knife! <laughs> How would anybody know? Like, you're in the middle of nowhere. It takes a ferry to get there. It sounds like the town folk also hate this house. It's reportedly haunted. No one's coming near it. No one would look for your bodies forever (laughs) this little manson runaway is gonna take you out also they're so this is such a 70s thing i think what but they're we remarked on this while we were watching it they're just so comfortable leaving her alone in the house. They're like, <sighs> they're like, oh well, I'm done lunch, bye, and they I mean, just leave her there. I mean, it's just you, you. You see it in modern movies too. Fucking Texas Chainsaw 3D, where they're like, okay, Mister Untrustworthy Guy, who we just met, we're oh gonna leave God, you that... at our house with all of our possessions. Okay, but that hitchhiker shit, like everybody was mad at that. <laughs> everybody, yeah, that's true. Man, I just don't get. And every everybody wants her to stay, and it's not like she she really has like this this character. Um, Emily. This character, Emily. It's not like she has this magnetism that everybody's drawn to. It's just like, Woody's just like, horny. <laughs> He's just like, I want to sleep with her. And she, like, 
to her credit, is like, I don't know you. Like, let's just like don't don't be don't be in such a hurry. Let's just get let's just let it happen as it happens. And I think that's a great moment because that's the the one time in the movie where she feels Seems like a like a normal person. A normal, real person. <laughs> <laughs> now, on the other hand, two minutes later, they're rifling through the farm trying to find stuff to sell in town because they don't have any money. Like, until they get this orchard up and running and people are buying their apples, they are literally selling their possessions to buy food. Uh, they find a picture in the attic with her goddamn face on it from, like, the 1800s. <laughs> I don't think we're supposed to clock it so fast, but, yeah, we were like, yo, Emily's Abigail. <laughs> yeah, well, she looks exactly like her. It's bizarre. It's so bizarre that it takes, uh, it takes Jessica, like, the 18th time looking at the photo to be like, wait a minute, that's you. Yeah, but I, you have to understand that Jessica's looking at everything with a critical lens. Like, maybe she did recognize it earlier and she just didn't yeah. will herself to consciously think about it. That's true. There there could have been a moment where she's like, that looks a lot like Emily. Nah, you're just being crazy. Because she you know? is suspicious of Emily flirting with her husband and her husband being interested in Emily and and we see a lot of Jessica POVs where she's seeing Emily touch her husband's wrist and like there's a lot like they're they're all bathing together in the lake because I guess they don't have any running water yet uh, they got a fucking working poison truck for the orchard farm but they don't have running water yeah endless poison no shower and for and and she just lets Emily and her husband bathe each other like here you do my back I'll do yours and she's like oh that feels so good uh and she's like looking right at Jessica it's like bitch this is where you kick her the fuck out hospitality ends now Sparta kick her deeper into the lake yeah do go it. back to your bed I guess the problem is that every time something like that happens, Jessica has a moment where she is, uh, like, where where her sanity is questioned. Because, like, immediately after that, she goes for a quick little swim, and when she gets out into the middle of the lake, she thinks she sees something under the water. Yeah, red hair and an arm being like, Jessica, come down here, let's, yeah. let's die in this she, lake. She totally sees a corpse, a corpse that's, like, calling out to her and talking to her, but, but she... <laughs> She doesn't want to say that, so she's like, uh, I saw a shark. There's <laughs> some fucking big animal out there. And, you know, nobody wants to even believe that. So she's constantly being sort of treated like a child. Everybody's walking on eggshells. Yeah. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. You feel so bad for her. That said, though, Woody, their friend, who I, I don't really quite understand why he's there. I guess just so that way there's just somebody to help run the farm. I think it's also just a convenient time in his life because he seems like he's not too sure what he's doing. Yeah. Because when Emily asks him, like, oh, are you going to live here with them? And he's like, ah, I might just stick around to help them get the orchard set up. He's like, or I might just stay. I haven't figured it out. So, yeah. like, I think it's also just snapshotting a weird point in time in the 70s where people were hippies and maybe aren't anymore and, like, dreams are dying. I mean, they, they drive up in a hearse, which is really She's interesting. pretty great. Yeah, like, everybody here is, like, low-key super goth, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Graveyard no etchings, hearse as a car. Hell yeah. Like, these are my people. People. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just need a few horror t-shirts and you've got yourself a like half the convention Poison crowd. apples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making friends with ghosts, sleeping with ghosts. Graveyards. <laughs> Woody's great though because he sees the love triangle that's happening 
and he really stands up for Jessica. There's a, a, a great... Just a small moment, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. You just, you gain so much respect for Woody in that scene. You're just like, this is a, such a decent dude. Yeah, because we've got a lot of inner monologue with Jessica, who's very clearly not cool with how comfortable Duncan, her husband, and Emily are getting. Uh, but she still all smiles. There's like that that weird, scary desperation behind the eyes. Yeah, where you, you she can't even hear the joke that's going on around. Her. Oh man, that's such a great moment. And Haven't we all she, been there? Oh, and where then you she does a, that oh. laugh and she's like, ha ha ha. Oh man. Good joke. Please that, don't ask me what it was about. <laughs> that is that, that is such a good moment. I think most people have experienced that where you like you miss the setup and the punchline comes and you're just like, or at the very least, it's expressing the feeling that so many people have when you're left out of a conversation or you're uh you're just incapable of following it. She basically says, like, I think I'm going to, like, realizing that it's a little awkward, excuses herself, decides that she's going to go to bed. And basically, as soon as she's out of the room, Duncan's like, yeah, I'm going to turn in, too. Hey, man, why don't you go take care of your wife? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, like, mutually their best friend, I would think, right? At the very least, he's probably uh, Duncan's best friend. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, so good on Woody for standing up. Yeah, because and you know what? This is this is a counterpoint to that. Was it the Times that review? Yeah. 
fucking not two-dimensional characters. Woody is the best. First, he's a horn dog, and then he's a concerned citizen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, there is there is also the fact that he's he, he's trying to get with Emily, and now fucking Duncan's getting her. Like, brother, you got your own girl. Let me have mine. <laughs> I can't just be out here in an orchard. That, like, where the only people that live in town are eighty years old. Like, he's uh, also the only one working on the orchard. I thought of it. I think about that constantly. Like, what are you doing, Duncan? <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I gotta go into town to get some supplies. Like, bitch, you don't even have money. <laughs> he disappeared all day, and we. Still don't know why. Uh, he got eaten. Where'd he go? No, Emily was too busy trying yeah, to eat. Yeah, I know. Emily was on. I, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> he's too busy avoiding a fight in town that he can't win. <laughs> Any anytime they go into town, the old guys. Like I'm talking old guys. I love that. They're like there's like 90 year old bullies in this. Yeah, like they're wearing like their VFW jackets. They're just like, mm, there's a nice little car you got here. I guess I'm gonna lean on it, put my dirty boots. I'm gonna smack you on the top of your head <laughs> as you get in, and you're gonna do nothing about it because you're a whip. <laughs> Like, hey, punk. He's like, I'm 50. (laughs) (laughs) I know he looks so old. He, uh, they're like, they're probably what, 30, uh, but he's got the receding hairline of a 65 year old man. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I mean, I'm almost there too. So I, you know, maybe I shouldn't make fun of him. (laughs) I should probably just get tips. Hats. Yeah. I'm gonna have to start wearing hats. The the old man, the old men in the village, if you can call it a village, there's basically like an egg shop and one store we never go into. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was the very carnival soulsy Hell moment yeah. for me. Yeah, well, yeah, the camera lens, the whatever they're using, like the weird close ups, fisheye lens stuff. It looks so. Uh, it, it looks like you're looking at them through water, mm-hmm. which is which is fun. And their noses are like huge because they're right in the camera. Well, their noses are huge because they're also old men. <laughs> <laughs> they got that old man nose. So we've talked a little bit about the voiceover, about the the whispering that happens throughout the movie. Could you tell whether there were two voices going on there, or was it always the same voice? No, there's definitely two, and yeah? it increases throughout the movie. So at first, it's just Jessica. Okay. I think where the like line in the sand is, is the seance. Okay, so that's the other thing that we completely forgot. Both of these movies have fucking seances. Don't you that love a seance? far too early. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, but they, they are a bad move. Like, everything goes crazy from there. But I think that's... Jessica opening her mind and inviting the people from the house in, which is Emily. Because she keeps, she does keep repeating, like, all of the spirits that have died in this house, you know, come to us. And she actually starts hearing their voice. Well, and she hears almost like this radio play kind of overlaid of, like, this this wedding that was supposed to take place. Mm. And she's looking at this baby picture and there are sound that in her head that's not just narration. Yeah, she isn't exactly saying to the group that she's hearing any of that. But that's, I think you're right. I think that's definitely where the other voices show up. I was having a hard time trying to figure whether or not the voice was different. They sounded very similar to me. But It's definitely Emily. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, like, even though I was thinking of them as the same voice, they do have sort of two different personalities. I'm going to 100% agree with you that I they mean, are two different voices. I mean, both of them voices. are antagonizing Jessica. <laughs> well, yeah, one is Jessica's own voice telling her what she's doing wrong and maybe just trying to, like, tell her like to calm the fuck down and keep things quiet and the other one is more like follow me jessica come here like you i'll never leave jessica yeah you're fucked come swimming and die (laughs) (laughs) and now that now that we're bringing that up I'm, i'm thinking like it's it's kind of interesting that we have a mute girl 
who who turns out who we also think is maybe a spirit. This is another thing where it's like every time we think Jessica is seeing something later on, we find out that it's actually happening. It's actually real and they're really there. Mm-hmm. The girl that we see in the graveyard who we also see on the property who basically sort of like guides Jessica to a body that she then later can't show to the group is a real girl from the village who's been wandering around, maybe possibly warning her about things, showing her stuff. It's who's... also very interesting because she's mute and she can't yeah. speak. And did you notice that she has a scarf wrapped around her neck? So a lot of people have bandages wrapped around their necks in this movie. This girl, though, I'm assuming is not a vampire. <laughs> uh, so I think that Emily has like... Because... Like k- taken out her voice? Yeah. Interesting. Or like severed her vocal cords. Um, because she's competition. She's this young, beautiful girl. Okay, so we got to start. We got we got to start trying to figure out the end of this movie. There are some things that happen that I I am uh, I think are open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things is that uh, Jessica finds a mole. She brings it to the house to take care of it, and at night, uh, someone kills the mole. Uh, this, rude. Super rude, right? It it also comes at the exact same Jessica time. Jessica loved that mole. She did. Uh, I can't remember what she named it, but. It happens the same night that her husband finally cheats on her with Emily. He's been wanting to. Uh, he's been. I was reading like a synopsis, and it was like after Emily seduces Duncan, I was like, "Whoa, she had to do nothing." She really didn't she, do like, anything. She like woke him up. Yeah. <laughs> But also, even just throughout the rest of the movie, she doesn't really do anything. Like, I think it's more the husband who's who's uh, playing along with this and wants it maybe more than she does. But regardless, she's I mean, evil. she is potentially a vampiress. <laughs> it might be her, like, you know, vampiress pheromones. Yeah, but he's... I mean, and that, that, that's the interesting thing about this movie. Like, the complexity of their character is... Fucking time review. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that we just picked one review to shit on. Didn't even read the whole thing. Just like a pull quote on Rotten Tomatoes who some 18-year-old intern put in because he just like, that's the job he had. Like, we need you to take all of our reviews from the 1970s and put them on this new website. He clearly, like, there's a huge divide between Jessica and Duncan. Their relationship is completely fractured and, and going to this farm is like the one last thing that's maybe going to save them or break them forever. And he is, seems very willing to just let it all go. Like, Jessica, I'm tired of taking care of her. She's too much fucking work. I didn't sign up for this baggage kind of guy. And, um, you know, basically just like, immediately goes to the first girl that comes along. The second night where things kind of crumble in the bed, where you really see how how at the end of both of them are, like end of the rope, both of them are, yeah, yeah, is really hard to watch because there's such a a push and pull. Like there's no resolution there because they're both not to say that that either one of them is invalid. Dealing with somebody with mental health I- issues is a huge strain. That's also something that you can't ignore in part of a relationship. You know what I mean? Like he's not a psychotherapist. He doesn't know clinically what's best for her, and also. So they don't have the money for the therapy. He, he suggests like, oh, let's go back to New York. I think you need to go see your therapist again. And and her, she's like, what, how are we going to pay for that? Yeah. When are we going to do that? Yeah. Like if I it, need to go now, like how how is that even going to happen? We don't have the money. Yeah. And it, it's it's so almost hopeless that the, the arguments maybe maybe three, five minutes long. And Jessica's like, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. And Duncan's like, no, I'll go sleep on the couch. And it's just like, he's not even trying to resolve it. He's just like, I'll just go on the couch. Like, there is no resolution. Yeah. But also, he totally wants to sleep with Emily. And this is clearly an opportunity to do that. I don't know if it's intentionally thought that way. I don't know. So who do you think killed the mole? 
Now, the way the movie's edited, it looks as though Duncan's asleep at the time. Uh, like, we see a shot of him on the chair, then we see a close-up shot of the mole being killed, and then we go back to Duncan at the chair. I think chair. it's Emily just fucking with Jessica. You think it's Emily? Yeah. There's there's three people. Like, 100%, I'm going to go ahead and say Woody didn't do it. Not a, <laughs> not a Woody move. Duncan could do it. It's possible, because he could just be like an asshole and is trying to punish Jessica nah. or push her over the edge because if if he if he needs to have her institutionalized then she's out of his life. He's not under the spell fully by that point though. No, but he's maybe sick of her by that point. Yeah, I see I I think I have a lot more credit for Duncan just because you know like they are dealing with a supernatural entity. I am giving him a bit of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That he's only stepping one foot into the pond and the other foot uh, is being good. pulled. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I also agree. I, I don't think Duncan did it. I don't think he wants his relationship to end. I just Agreed. don't think he can see a solution. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think he choosing not to maybe find a solution is also part of Duncan's personality, whether yeah. or not that's conscious or not. So it really comes down to whether Emily did it or whether Jessica did it. Um, you could make an argument that Jessica did it if this is all just a complete mental illness story. Uh, and uh, Emily might may have done it just to finally tip Jessica over the edge. Um, because I think that's that's like a really big thing that triggers the rest of Jessica's story. I think that the mole dying is like a huge deal for her and everything seems to to get put on fast forward from that moment onward. Uh, like she really starts to see she you know she starts to she starts to see everybody in town being really fucking weird. They've all got these like bizarre wounds on their neck. It's it's right after that that she discovers the painting in the attic that ha- that's suddenly reappeared even though they sold it. That's got Emma like and that's where she finally recognizes Emily's face on the painting. So so w- w- what I'm trying to get at here is that at the end of the movie, it's either somebody has purposefully put Jessica over the edge mm-hmm. which would be maybe Duncan if if that's true mm-hmm. Jessica has just fallen over the edge herself or it's all real and we don't believe her because she's a crazy person I think that's why it's called let's scare Jessica to death because everyone is scaring Jessica to death even Jessica so in the finale, maybe, maybe maybe we can get to some solutions if we just sort of like talk through how the rest of the movie goes. Uh, in the finale, she does make her way to town. She hitchhikes from a very nice truck driver. Maybe the one of the only good people in the movie. Yeah, like, because she's like being really weird and she says like four words. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, fine. Just get in and close the door. I'll take you. It's, it's no big deal. Uh, when she gets to town, everybody, everybody either has a scar on their face or their neck or they're bandaged up. Uh, like maybe they've been attacked by this vampire ghost, including a guy, the antique dealer who they sold some stuff to whose dead body she saw earlier in the movie she sees him alive and well but with a scar on his face everybody's acting weird when she gets back to the farm fucking woody's dead and the 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 pesticide truck is just going haywire in the in the orchard with him hanging off the back all dead and shit Mm -hmm. emily girls in the oboe case right that's oh i forgot about that she runs down the stairs knocks over the i'm gonna go ahead and say cello 
We've said a bunch of things. Surely one of them is she right. She knocks over that big old gothic instrument case that looks like a torture device. And there's Straight a dead out of a girl. Tim Burton movie. Yeah, totally. There's a dead girl inside. Uh, and uh, and then Emily is just chasing her around the property. Most, most crucially, coming out of the fucking water I love, like a ghost bride. I absolutely love the swimming scene when Emily's like, ha ha ha, I pushed you in the water even though I know you're terrified. And you're like, yo. Is Emily turning right now? Is Emily going to murder is, this girl? Is Emily, Emily doing a reveal that she is actually the bad person that we suspected all along? Yeah. And she she changes from scene to scene from being in like her cute little swimsuit to the full out bride outfit. Hell yeah. And she's like basically trying to drown Jessica. It's so good because you, you feel so validated. You're like, she is Abigail. <laughs> <laughs> but so but, you know, eventually Jessica finds her way onto a rowboat and she's just sort of, uh, you know, taking a bit of a reprieve. All of the townsfolk are slowly like coming in like zombies trying to like chase after her, almost like they're under Emily's control. Uh, she's, she thinks somebody's trying to attack her from inside the boat, so she stabs them with the pole. Turns out to be Duncan, uh, who's now dead, floating in the water. And and we the, the movie ends with her just like looking out at the shore with Emily and all the rest of the villagers just standing around watching her. Well, she kind of like collapses into the boat, so... Maybe she passes out. Maybe she dies. Maybe she makes it across. Oh, you think she dies of fright? But the, well, the, I think the the idea too is that she is staying in the boat because like as long as I'm over here, I'm away from them and they can't get me. But once she passes out, the boat slowly starts to drift towards shore. Uh, we never see it touch down. We never see anybody like reach in and tear her apart or bite her on the neck or anything. But there's an inevitability to what's about to happen. I definitely think it, you know, like American Psycho, it's one of those movies where it kind of doesn't really matter whether or not it was all in her head or whether or not there was a vampire ghost uh, or just a crazy hippie girl who was trying to, to break her marriage, to up. break her marriage up and put her in an institution because no matter what, it's the end of Jessica. Like her story, like her life's kind of over no matter which scenario has happened. Um which is which which sucks you know for her makes it for a great movie but you never 100% know what happened and maybe to the movie's credit cuz it is largely Jessica's perspective the whole time mhm i do think that jessica is validated a lot throughout the film and so like i lean on the fact that like you know what? I believe it's totally a vampire ghost. Yeah. i'm going to i'm going to say that it's a vampire ghost. That, well that's my thing too. I think it is it it, it Maybe there's a few things that have just sort of like been sweetened by her own mental illness, but like I think it's a vampire ghost story, and the person who shows up at the house just happens to be a very unreliable narrator, mm -hmm. and that's why nobody wants to believe her. Uh, but I do love at the end that they're not just like, and it was all in her head all along. Yeah, but it is any of those endings are equally dark. Yeah. So you don't feel like the rug is pulled out from under you. Like when there's the re reveal that she's killed her husband, and you're like, oh, maybe he was just trying to like get to her yeah he probably saw her freaking out on the boat or something and he just came to, to swim out to like calm her down mm -hmm. and bring her into the shore and she yeah, accidentally killed him yeah or <laughs> or vampire <laughs> he, ghost vampire ghost he, he got turned by emily and he was actually going out there to bring her back into land so she could also be turned yeah because he finds her at some point in the orchard passed out because she passes out on her like adventure back from town mm -hmm. and 
he brings her back home like nothing has happened. The power's out in the house, but no matter. No worries. We're not going to deal with it. We're going to light this lantern. We're going to go to bed. And he's like kissing on her. <laughs> and like everything's great and dandy. And like the relationship is fine, even though we've worked on nothing. And then Jessica comes in and she's got a knife. And then they're both trying to drink from her. And then all the old men are in the room. Like, you know, the old men are not in the room. Yeah, so like we know that that is like kind of like a mental break and you're like well how much of this scene is true mm-hmm. that's kind of the only moment where you're like is this actually happening yeah I think I think more than the Rosemary's Baby scene this is actually happening <laughs> 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 no the movie does an incredible job of really blurring the lines between what's real and what's not like by the end of it it could all be true and it could just as easily not be. It uh, could all be true. Her husband is cheating on her and he doesn't want to be with her anymore. There's a vampire ghost. Jessica's crazy. <laughs> I think it's, I th- honestly, I do think it's all three of those things. I think. It's a, it's a super deluxe pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a, what a creepy, atmospheric, gothic hippie movie. Yeah. I want justice for Woody. I really liked Woody. Woody was great. I mean, his death was pretty cool when he was all like, on that (laughs) that poison thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted him and his mustache to get away. I wanted him to rescue Jessica. I wanted them to like ride off in the sunset. Oh, that would have been great. uh, With his like huge mustache and a six pack of beer. And he's like, come on, Jessica, we'll find another orchard. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find another orchard. (laughs) And another mole. (laughs) <laughs> so how would how do you rate Let's Scare Jessica to Death? I really enjoyed this movie. It's crazy how much I had forgotten from the last time we watched it because Same. I remembered yeah. really liking it, but did not remember anything about it. I, I, I basically like remembered the end of the movie and the graveyard etchings. That was kind of it. <laughs> yeah, I remembered the girl coming out of the lake. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to go with a total four out of four because I had a blast. I'm, I'm more of a 3.5 out of four in this You one. know what? Long title bump. <laughs> yeah, it's got, that, it's got that long title bump. It's he, such a good fucking title. What I've learned from this little collection of films that we've done, this little head-to-head, is that you can trust a long title. Oh, you're saying you can't trust a short title? No, I'm just saying that long titles, they deliver. I'm going to do further study because our, stu- our case study was only two films. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of giallos do have long titles, I'm going so we can to, go there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start uh, compiling the data. The data? Yeah. The data. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I will report back. But so far, long title equals good film. Let us know all about your favorite long titled movies and your thoughts on Let's Scare Jessica to Death over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or better yet in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord. We'll be in there chatting about this week's episode, last week's episode and every goddamn horror movie you're watching in between. Come join the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club over on Patreon to get bonus content, episodes, and rewards. Right now, we are doing a limited series on the universal monsters that we're calling Graveyard Smash. Uh, It's a Graveyard Smash. We're going through all of the classic monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein, Brian of Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, and the rest. Join us there and get instant access to the episodes that have already come out, including our Friday the 13th series and our Nightmare on Elm Street series. And then even more monster films are coming. You can find all of that info at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub or patreon.com slash nightmare on film street. 
Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you can, uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It's actually a lot easier on Spotify. We only have like 402 reviews right now, and I'd really like to get up to 666 before the end of the year if we can. <laughs> if you want to help us out with that, please uh, be, a, be a ghoul friend and head over to Spotify and give us a five-star rating. It really helps us grow the horde and get the show in front of more fiends like yourself. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.